don't worry if we can do it anybody can do it Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Next Financial Group, member of Pacific, Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer, solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed to those of Andrew Gay, Gilbert Pies, and Texas Hill Country Advisors are not those of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded, traded blue chip stocks. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Texas Hill Country Advisors weekly community podcast um, hosted from the Kerrville South Tower. And today we uh, if you don't know and you're tuning in uh, for maybe like the first time, this is our weekly podcast where we take a break from the usual financial market discussion that Gilbert and I uh, sit here and ran about from one day to the next, and we invite some local community members on to talk about some of the work they're doing right here in our backyard. And today, I got a gang of people from Keller Williams here. So why don't y'all take a moment and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Casey, and this is my husband, Joseph, and we are the team leads for One Home for You Realty Group, a part of Keller Williams here in Kerrville. Hi. Hi. I'm glad y'all are here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. My name's Lenita Bronikowski. I am a realtor with Keller Williams, and I'm also on the One Home for You team with Casey and Joseph. All right. So the y'all are part of the same team. Yes. Can yes. You, you explain that a little yeah. bit? So Keller Williams has, in our office here in Kerrville, we've got about 20 to 25 agents. And then within our office, we have a few teams, and then we have some solo agents. So there's, I think there's three three or four teams in our office that are run by a team lead. Um, in our case, we Joseph and I run ours specifically. So that means that we manage the agents that are underneath us specifically. And then the other two teams do the same. And then we are all under the same broker umbrella window. So we all answer to the same person. Um, it's just like a mini, a mini brokerage almost, you could say, underneath. Like within the... Within the got it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay. So on that note, why don't you give us a little bit of background about how you guys became individually, ended up pursuing uh, selling real estate here in the Texas Hill Country, and then how you kind of gelled as a as a team? How did all that happen? Okay. You want to go first? Your turn. It's your turn. Okay. So... Yeah, you can pull that, pull that up some. I've been... Actually, I'm going to complete my 10th year in real estate in August. Um, hey, what did you do? Get started when you were 10? No, I'm 35. <laughs> no way. Now. I'd have never guessed that. <laughs> but I, I was a teacher and okay. I got my real estate license because I started buying investment properties and I figured I might as well make that side of it too. Um, so I taught for two years and moonlighted in uh, real estate during that time and then decided to go full time. I was actually with a different brokerage until what, three years ago? Three years in September. Yeah, three years in September. I moved over to Keller Williams. She and I, she was on a different team. And then we started dating and formed our own team. So yeah. <laughs> it all kind of happened. Nice. We, Literally we, we and figuratively. We started working together all at the same time. So <laughs> dove in head first. It really gelled. Sounds like it. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It, it was fast. but That's cool. I am about to start my ninth year in October, and I 
I graduated college during the recession. I wanted to do real estate ever since I was a kid, but my mom and my dad were like, no, you're still going to get your education regardless of, you know, cause you don't need, a, you don't need a college degree to, to become a real estate agent. And so when I graduated in 2008, the market had crashed. The economy was terrible. Gas was $6 a gallon. I actually continued bartending and waiting tables after I graduated college because I could not, I mean, I was putting applications in left and right. And I kept telling my mom, let me just go take my real estate test. And she's like, no, she's like, you need to get some job experience in your degree. I have a business and marketing degree. And so I dabbled in a few jobs and sales jobs and I just was not happy doing it. And so in 2012, I started looking to buy a house. And then in 2013, I met an agent here in Kerrville and went and looked at houses and we looked at four or five. And when I was said and done, he was like, well, you knew about, you knew more about every house than I did. So why don't you get your real estate license and come work with me? And the rest was history. Thank you, Jason wow. Patrick. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm glad you graduated college when you were supposed to, because I was supposed to graduate right around that time too. Number one, I didn't even know there was this recession happening while I was in college because I wasn't <laughs> quite at that level yet. And I stayed a little longer too. So I got like a five-year bachelor degree. So. There you go. As long right. as you finish, right? That's, That's all that right. matters. That's right. You know, and even then you get out into the real world and then you're like, wait, because like I studied accounting and I ended up getting a BBA. I was going to do like the master's shot and I decided at the last second. I was like, nah, I'm going to do that. Um, and you get out in the real world and then you're like, oh, there's, there's, all this, there's all this life stuff that like I didn't even learn. I thought I thought they were supposed to teach me how to do that, but apparently not. That Justin, wasn't working you, the tuition cost. What were you teaching in school when you were a teacher? I, I taught out in Hunt for seven years. Okay. And since such a small school, I started out doing fourth grade, all the subjects, and then... I ended up doing middle school math and science. I coached. I drove the bus. Dang. I did a little bit of everything. A little bit of Pretty <laughs> yeah. nice. If pretty you nice. can walk and chew gum out in hunt, like they're going to put you to work. So Nice, nice, nice. How about you, Lenita? Yeah. Your um, turn. I am a newer agent. In August, I'll be an agent for a year. I actually started. Congratulations. Out- yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, I actually was in the nursing home field for several years since like, I graduated in 2007, so I did that, and then I actually had a back injury and found out I had some other illnesses and was disabled for a couple years, and so I'm transitioning from that into real estate, and it's been doing really well, and um, joined Casey and Joseph's team, what, in February? I think, yeah, January, February, something like that. Yeah, and... um, it's been a blessing. They've taught me so much in just that little amount of time. And uh, I love it. I love, I'm actually more of a buyer's agent and I love showing people houses. I love real estate. Eventually I want to start doing fix and flips. Did you, did you find that that was like a challenging transition to get out of the medical field and get into selling real estate? Cause, cause just from my experience, and I don't know what you were specifically doing in the medical Pass, field. Passing medications okay. and nursing ones. Cause, cause selling real estate is very much just selling yeah. real estate. And then, you know, even, and I joke with Gilbert all the time, we talk about how, you know, I came into, to being a financial advisor, like right. I joke, and we joke about how I thought it was going to be about finance and it's really like 70% sales, you know? So, so, the it's, biggest thing is I love to help people. And yeah. I think as long as you're going from the healthcare field where I was helping people in that way, I'm still helping people. I'm still helping people, you know, find their dream home. I'm still helping people holding their hands when they're going through a divorce, 
you yeah. know, I'm, I'm still there, uh, you know, and that's, that's what I pride myself in is being there and, and being present in those life situations and getting them through that. Yeah. And you actually get to build like a genuine, real relationship yeah. with your Connection. clients. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what's so rewarding. It can be so rewarding about sales positions. Right. Even though I think in some, some instances, some of them, um, like, you know, selling used cars or something sometimes have a bad rap. Okay. Uh, Gilbert, you got any questions you want to ask before I move on? Yeah. You know, I was going to ask you, obviously if, if you're, if you have a pulse in Kerrville, you know that there's a lot of real estate agents, real estate brokerages here in Kerrville. There's no shortage of people to help you buy or sell real estate. How do you guys differentiate yourself from the competition? And, and why would you tell somebody that, you know what, you need to use a Keller Williams agent or, or you specifically um, to help them in their real estate transaction? Well, you're right. There are a lot of real estate agents for not a lot of territory that we work. Um, but I would say that, you know, not every person and every real estate agent are going to mesh well. You know, there's different personality types and not everyone is mm. the right fit sometimes. Um, what we just try to do is we try to pride ourselves on our not only our communication, but our knowledge of the community, our involvement with of the community and just how involved we're going to be in the transaction. You know, there are eight to five realtors. There are realtors that don't answer the phone on the weekends and with us you kind of get a two for one, a three for one. We've got two other agents. So if we're not available, Lanita's available and vice versa. We also have two other agents that can help us out. So we try to be a, a community and a team in unison to provide somebody with the most value for their service. We also do everything ourselves. We don't have assistance. We don't have somebody pushing our paperwork. We don't have somebody doing our marketing. We are a one-stop shop. The only thing that we we sub out as our professional photography because we have someone in town that does a much better job than our cell phones can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do have a lot of choices and we obviously want to be your choice, but that doesn't mean that there are not other great agents out there. There are plenty of them. And I like doing business with the ones that do business with the same morals that we have. Sure. It's a big deal. And I think there's a lot of truth to that just because I feel like even though I just met both of y'all for the first time in person today, I, I like kind of know y'all through other people. It's a small town, you know, and same thing with you, Lenina. I knew you before we connected the other yeah. week. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, we have a we have a similar uh, setup, too, because we're definitely not the only financial advisors in town. Right. So yeah, it was, yeah, it's about uh, communication and, and responsiveness. People when they want help, they want help you know, soon, not next week or not whenever you get around to returning the phone call. It's it's one of the things you have to do to be responsive. Well, yeah. And responsive time is also, I mean, like you said, it is extremely important, but there's a, there's a healthy balance that you have to find. And in the beginning, especially when I was new, it was like, you want to go see a house in five minutes. All right, let me grab my stuff and let's get out the door. And eventually you learn that people that are in an extreme urgent situation that don't have any respect for your time or your appointments that's the way that they're going to probably be throughout the transaction. And they may not be that serious. They just, they want somebody to say yes right now. And you haven't vetted them. You haven't made sure that you're going to put yourself in a safe situation. You haven't checked to see if they're pre-approved. Yeah. I mean, there's steps and guidelines that they teach us to follow and real estate classes and real estate school. Everything you learn on paper is nothing like the real world, just like most things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, you have to walk into it. You have to do it every day. And 
every single day, I think I'm faced with a new challenge. Like how the heck did this happen today? I've never seen this happen in my life. And, it's, <laughs> and then you get to solve. And then the I problem, get to figure right? it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Lady, you're doing the right thing too. When you're a new, uh, whether it's an agent or doing anything new for sure, for sure. The best thing you can do is hook up with uh, a mentor that yeah. can, you know, teach you the ropes, teach you the real world way of doing things. Because as you said, if, if you just learn from a book and you think that's the way it works, no, no. It, there's, it's a lot no. more technically challenging than that. So I found that out the hard way. I, I was actually with EXP before then and was kind of independent and on my own and was on somebody else's team that, um, was not here local so i needed someone local to teach me the ropes and teach me you know be really hands-on and when i text hey what do i do about this situation they're like oh yeah this is what you do i'm like okay yes you know? <laughs> that's what i needed and I'm, I'm very thankful that they're there to do that so about y'all's uh like your territory so you're based in kerrville but you do you're not just limited to kerrville no. um what's maybe some of the farthest you've expanded out for buying or selling in real estate i'm probably the farthest just family but so with our license like in your natural network yeah, yeah right with, okay with your license you can work anywhere in texas got it but However, it's not smart you know, every territory right. is different. Every city is different. Um, we primarily, and we are members of uh, the San Antonio Board of Realtors as well. Okay. Um, but that's not to say that I would take a high profile listing in San Antonio. I would probably right. refer it out because I just, I don't know that market right. as well. Right. But we do Rock Springs. Uh, Junction. Yeah. Junction. Junction Mason. All the way up to Kingsland. And okay. Marble Falls is kind of pushing it, but I've done Johnson city. Um, okay. I've helped family back home in North Texas. Um, but it was one of those, there's no MLS and it was just, a yeah. of, you know, doing the paperwork. So the most important and most beautiful part of the Texas Hill country. Got it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> pretty much. That We're whole, a little biased. That whole story. Yeah. And something I want to touch on too, is even though, like he said, we are licensed in the entire state, our broker requires us to be geographically competent in which the area you're listing or whether yeah. you're helping a buyer and that not that doesn't just mean being a part of the MLS. Like they require you to know the area backwards and forwards. It's not only something that's beneficial to your client, but it's also beneficial to us because, you know, I don't want to put myself in hot water because I tried to sell something in Corpus and I literally know nothing about yeah. Corpus. Like I mean, I know the town, but I I don't know the market. And right. it's a it's a really it's I mean just like San Antonio like. We, we are members there simply because a lot of listings push out this direction sure. and vice versa. And we need to look stuff up. And Lanita's been working in San Antonio a little bit, getting her feet wet there and learning that market. But if you don't know the area, I would not advise hiring an agent that, that doesn't necessarily live or know right. that market. Yeah. And as much red tape as regulations cause, they're there for a reason. There's right, a lot of CYAs. I know. And, well, <laughs> and, and we, even, we even have one. We have several on that same layer, but there's one called uh, KYC, which is know your customer. And it's like we kind of have to say that we competently know that person and their life and like what they're about and all that family dynamic, all that good stuff. So, okay. So um, about this specific area, since you kind of identified some of that, what unique challenges or opportunities do you think people in the Hill Country that are buying or selling uh, real estate here maybe have encountered or maybe even that you've seen out of your personal experience? 
pushing that off on me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Unique or, do, or, or do you have like, you know, maybe a specific memory that was like something that you don't encounter every day or something that you've just bumped up against recently that stands I, out? I think one of the bigger things for, for, for established homes, especially in the city limits, yeah, you know, it's kind of rinse and repeat. You know, we're on city water, we're on city sewer, all that kind of stuff where people and agents, I think, get surprised when you get out in the rural areas and some of these new developments, yeah. water is a huge thing and, yeah. and digging a well. I, we recently had some clients that were coming um, from the Houston area and they put an offer on a property before they had even done any due diligence. And they're like, well, we budgeted, I think, 8,000 for a well. And I was like, it's like 30 to 50,000 for a well. Yeah, and then you've got that. options like on about depending on what well, yeah, like what aquifer you're getting into, right? right? Yeah. You know, how much, you know, how deep do they have to go? Because it varies with our terrain. And so. And we have rocks and we yeah, don't have soil. Yeah, so so counts. I think challenges, those are probably some of the biggest ones is we have so many people moving from out of the area. There's a lot of movement within the area. Don't get me wrong, but sure the influx from other states other cities and they just yeah. they don't know what they don't know because they right. haven't been here so that's the unknown unknowns as yeah. samuel l jackson would say yeah, <laughs> yeah. internet you know everybody just expects to be able to get yeah. internet in rock springs it, it doesn't work no. that way surprise yeah. Thought you bought out here for a reason. I want 100 <laughs> acres in a little cabin so I can go away and work on the weekends. Like you're not going to work out there. There's no. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not. That's not practical. It's the Wild West. T talking a little bit about the market. <clears throat> what do you see? Wh what's the market look like right now in, in Kirk County? Is, is, is from y'all's perspective, buyers market? Is it a sellers market? Is is there a lot of inventory? Is have things slowed down a lot? Or are they picking up? What you What do you think? Sure. So. The market is steady. It is not COVID strong. We're not getting 10 offers on every listing. And if you're not there in the first hour, it's gone. Um, but inventory is still up. We still have quite a few active listings. What has changed from last year to this year is the median home price has gone down just slightly. Last year, our median home price in Kerr County was about 360. We're like in the 345, 346 range now. Our days on market are a little bit longer. We we were like days on market to close like 27 days during the height. And now we're somewhere in that 50 to 50 to 60 range, which yeah. is more of a healthy market. The, it, um, the months of inventory, meaning like if we sold every single listing we had, how much longer yeah. would it be till we're done? That's increased from 1.5 when we were in the height and now we're at 2.9. So those are the things that have changed just a little bit. The price per square foot, you know, is, gone down just slightly but it's not enough to truly truly change where we were the difference is is you actually have time if you're a buyer you have time you can go actually look at the house you can have an option period again you can do your due diligence you can have an inspection you know you're not like doing you don't a rain feel dance. super rushed. yeah you're, the pressure right. is right. off a little bit and you're not doing a rain dance praying you know like your seventh offer you've written in a week is getting accepted and buyers are actually able to negotiate again, you know, asking for something to be fixed or maybe pushing their closing out, putting a contingency of sale or putting their financing contingency. Because all those things, you, you were at a loss during that time. It was very hard to be a buyer during the height of COVID. Interest was great, two and a half percent. You couldn't beat it, but that was yeah. if you could get your offer accepted. And obviously, y'all talk about interest all the time. It's It's gone up, but what people don't understand is 
it's a it's a temporary thing. It's not going to stay high forever. Just like the prices, what what goes up must come down. So back then, when you had a two and a half percent interest rate, it was great. But if you're paying fifty thousand dollars over market value to get that two and a half percent interest rate, you're actually not doing yourself any favors. You're better off having a little bit higher rate now because you can negotiate the price of the house down, whereas you couldn't do that a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, And so what I keep telling people is, yes, the rates are a little bit high, but refinance it when they drop because you got a good deal on the house or you're in a good location and it's everything you wanted. So that's that's the market in a whole in a nutshell. I mean, we're strong, we're steady, we're a retirement community. We usually don't have the super big highs and lows because people are always kind of buying and selling in the general area. Um, but it's a little calmer than it used to be, which I think everybody can probably appreciate. Cause that was a, it was, it was good. And it was bad. I mean, it, it was hard. It was great to be a seller. It was very hard to be a buyer, to help a buyer. Um, and so I, I like where we're at now. Right. If we could just get the interest a little lower, everybody would be that's a little but, happier. But one thing's for sure is that eventually it'll change. It right? will change. And, and you brought up a good point. And that's one of the things that like Gilbert and I talk about all the time is interest rates and market interest rates. And, you know, with the Fed raising them over the last 15 months um, at the fastest pace since since the 80s. Um, a lot of times explaining that to some people's saying, listen, they do that to to kind of put a damper on some of the economy to, to tame some inflation. They want to slow right? spending and people right. aren't stopping. No. And in the job market's overly tight and all that other stuff we nerd out on um, from the financial side, but, but they effectively take interest rates when they're at a lower level and raise them. So they cool things off and then they lower them back down and it's this constant flux. So you could kind of say that they raise them to eventually lower them and lower interest rates to eventually raise them, but it's this constant flux, right? So it's always changing, ever changing. And I appreciate your, your perspective on that. I also think that it's interesting that the inventory has kind of been building up because if it, you know, cause it, it makes logical sense um, to think that if that inventory number builds up to too many months um, on record currently, eventually something's going to have to give, right? And it's going to be like, it's got to be the price, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same trick that car salesmen, you know, use with you. It's like, what, what, what do you care about more, the sticker price or the interest rate on the loan? Or, you know, so like they're going to get you somewhere, right? People so, are usually payment driven, which is a hard thing to explain because payment actually doesn't stay the same. Your taxes sure. and your insurance are going to change that every yep. year. And so if you're shopping and within a payment, you're like, well, I have to be at this amount. And then it goes up a hundred dollars next year because your homeowner's insurance, or your taxes went up drastically. Then, you know, you put yourself in a little bit of a bad spot. So always tell people don't shop at your max budget. Don't shop at your max payment. You need yeah. to be underneath that because right. do you want to give up everything? Do you want to stop going out to eat? Do you want to stop going on vacations just so you can you know, be in a house. Right. And the number of people that don't know that that happens is yeah. mind-boggling. Because I was just about to say, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure you feel like a big chunk of being a real estate agent is is there's a there's a sleeve of education um, that goes along with that. Right? Counselors. About, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't buy a car. Yes. Don't, buy, go, don't go buy a boat. Don't max out your credit card. Don't go buy all new furniture. Don't yeah. go buy a new refrigerator. Right. Be super boring until right. we're done. Right. Now, now Lenina, one, one question I want to ask you is... Um, you know, obviously you help people buy and sell real estate, right? Yeah. 
but you also work with a bunch of other professionals, uh, people to stage a house if you're selling your house, people to help uh, your buyers finance a mortgage. How do you work with other professionals in the community to make your deals flow smoothly? You have to have a really good connection, especially with, I've noticed, with the mortgage people. Um, my biggest thing is I definitely ask them, hey, who who do y'all recommend? You know, so it's great having somebody who already knows and has built that relationship with them. Um, you definitely have to get somebody who's a go-getter and someone you can trust because you initially are referring them to your buyers. And I think that's the biggest uh, ordeal is making sure that that person comes is someone who is highly recommended to you. Well, and it's a reflection of yourself. So yeah. if you refer because they can anyone, screw the whole thing up for yeah. you, they can make or break you. So creating long-lasting relationships that you can call, text, email. You know, you've got to have a core niche of lenders and home inspectors and plumbers and electricians and you accept it guys you've got to have well guys you have to have three to five people that you can keep on your roster that a you trust b you like recommend them with confidence and that's going to pick up whenever you call them and be like hey i need an inspection but we only have a seven day option period and they're like oh let me budget this let me find some time in my schedule and they're on it the next day that's that's the person you want. Yeah, because so much of your business is is dependent on other people doing their job. Yes, right. And and if they screw that up, it can really screw up your deal. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's a lot of hand holding, a lot of babysitting. That's why I said, you know, at the beginning, you know, I I love doing business with people that do business like I do, because if I get stuck with an agent or that doesn't respond, or a lender that doesn't respond, or home inspector that didn't know you know, didn't know the ins and outs. Like if they hire a home inspector out of San Antonio, just like a real estate agent, they're not geographically competent in this area. They don't know this neighborhood. They don't know what the soil's like. They don't know that septics typically over here haven't been replaced in 30 years, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. they can they can severely damper your not only your mental health, but your clients. I mean, they can mess the deal up for you. They can delay the deal. They can you know, anger the other party and maybe you need an extension to closing because the lender didn't get your file into underwriting and then you're put, put yourself in a bad spot. So yeah. local, 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 I, you know, we push it all the time and it's no discredit to anybody that brings us a pre-approval from elsewhere, but I like to do business with people that I know that will answer and can get the job done. And that's, that's what your, your clients want. Right. And it's, it's kind of like there's this local invisible hand, you know, where it's like, when I, we do business with someone, referrals or whatever, whatever the nature of it is, it's like I'm liable to like see them at HEB mm -hmm. later, right? And so it's like, uh, you know, I prefer to have the business done locally, but I also know that, you know, there's kind of, I don't know, it's like an invisible accountability. Well, and you uh, need them to be extremely metric. competent. Like it's not just get it done, it's get yeah. it done, but get it done right, right because if something yeah. goes wrong, the phone call when the deal's done and something went awry is a far worse phone call than getting the, right. the getting delayed and closing. <laughs> then it makes you look bad. You're sitting here going, Oh no. Right. Cause even if it goes sideways, it's like, I'm still liable to see them at HEB. So I better do it right. right. Yeah. These, these are your neighbors. These are your neighbors and friends of friends. And you, you want to leave them with a good impression no matter what. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back to one thing, Casey, that you were talking about, about the Board of Realtors. Can you explain a little bit about um, that association and what it is and maybe y'all's or your role with it here in Kerrville? Yes. So the Kerrville Board of Realtors, um, I'm actually the association president this year. Last year I was vice president and then obviously next year I'll be outgoing. It's a three-year three-year term. And so we are a small association, obviously just here in Kerrville. Um, like Joseph was talking about earlier, San Antonio is a different board of realtors. Um, Fredericksburg has their own as well. Central Hill Country, um, Bandera has a very small one, but they're actually a part of San Antonio. So what a lot of um, buyers don't understand is, you know, they just go to Zillow or, or realtor.com yep. or Trulia. Yep. They don't, when they see a listing, they just see it and they don't realize, well, oh, that listing was posted in San Antonio board or, oh, it was posted in Kerrville because we get a lot of out-of-town agents that post listings in San Antonio and then your clients are sending you a listing and you're like, wait, what? And you go to your local MLS and it's not on there. They don't they don't realize that there's a back end sometimes where we put uh, all our oh, information. Yep. Um, so in regards to the board, um, Mona LeBleu is our AE, which is our executive over there and she runs the office and Barbara's her assistant. So... We're, we're really involved, or I'm really involved. Joseph's on the MLS committee. Lanita is going to be on a committee sooner rather She's than there. later. I am. I'm yeah, I'm going to recruit her. Um, it's obviously a not paid position. You're a volunteer. Um, there's a handful of people that stay involved all the time, and we do various events throughout the year. We have luncheons throughout the year. We have affiliate members um, that are involved in the community, like lenders, home inspectors, pest control companies, plumbers, electricians. We we try to get as many affiliates in the area involved so that we can do community-wide events where we can, you know, mingle with each other and know who's new in the community. Um, every realtor that becomes a member of our board has to go through a little uh, training process at the board and kind of get, get the ropes down. And then you go to your whatever office that you have a um, chosen and they they kind of take it from there so it's a it's a great little organization and i'm happy to be a part of it and obviously you know we're always trying to change and make the world better and yeah what what we what every president says that they want to do is get more people involved and i'll stand <laughs> here and say that i'm going to be trying to do the same thing but it's very hard um yeah you know to to get people involved because that, that not everybody sees the value of being involved um where i see the value is getting to know all the new people that come in, getting to know the sponsors that we get for our luncheons, getting to know the back end of what's going on, yeah. you know, what we're doing for the community, what numbers we're bringing in, you know, we're going through MLS applications, every board meeting, like, Oh, we got another new agent from Houston and right. that, you know, and you're like, what are you doing over here? But at the same time, you can't, we, you know, you don't push them away. It's just like, you know, our numbers are crazy high. We've got like 300, I think in 19, board members and then we've got six when you add the non-mls meaning or just mls i'm sorry meaning that they are part of another organization but use our mls system we're like in the 600s so when wow. you ask about how many realtors are in kerrville and how many you're competing with there's a lot yeah wow. well, well because y'all are licensed uh, by regulated by the state y'all have to do continuing education also right that is we, correct. Lord knows we got plenty of that. Yeah, me and Andrew know all about that state too. State and federal, we got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and insurance level. That's right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask, uh, what's the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor? Is there a difference? 
There is a difference. So a real, you're putting me on the spot here, so much I know. Um, a realtor is an. Yeah, and I promise we wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, oh, sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> a realtor is an, is also a member of the National Association of Realtors, not just the Texas Real Estate Real Estate Commission. So when you advertise that you're a realtor, you're actually a part of that organization. When you are just a real estate agent, you're not necessarily a member of the national board. Um, and then obviously a broker, broker associate, that's yeah. different trainings and more schooling and stuff like that. So when you get your real estate license, it's 180 hours. And then at your two-year mark, when you renew, it's 98 hours of continuing education. And then, and then every two years after that, it's 21. Yeah, I think it's 21. I don't. I can't even remember, but every two years we have to do continuing education to keep your license. So every real estate agent isn't a realtor, but That's every correct. realtor is a real estate agent. That is correct. Got it. That is correct. Like a steel trap over there. <laughs> <I got it. laughs> well, I just remember those commercials. So, so really a realtor is a trademark name mm -hmm. that you have to have permission to use. Correct. And not everybody um, uses that in its proper capacity. Right. right. Yeah. Regulations. Okay. Good okay. now, now, do y'all just do residential or do you do commercial? Um, we dabble in a little bit of commercial here and there. Um, it's not our forte by any means. We typically stick to residential, farm and ranch, lots, acreage, stuff like that. And, and okay. we try to stay within a 60 mile radius of, of where we feel geographically competent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting towards the end of our time here tonight do y'all have anything uh last minute that you want to leave with us thoughts comments oh, you got yes, anything yes. coming up your plug for how can we contact you and yeah. do you have a website all that good stuff oh i'm sorry all that good stuff <laughs> <laughs> um so we don't have our personal website but we have an office website which is www.kwcurville.com and then we have a team facebook page and i'm sorry i'm gonna go look and see what Keller it is Williams Carol Williams Kerrville is our office page. And then we have a okay, one. you'll have a team page. Yeah, we have a saying? team page too, which is One Home for You Realty Group, Keller Williams. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Home Realty. Is it the number one? The number okay. one. Just like Joseph's Oh, okay. okay. The one number one. one. There you go. Story, yeah, we'll tell that story when, real quick. That's yes. us. But when, no, let's hear it. When let's we got together, it. her license plate is One Realtor for You. Like so if you see me driving around town and one realtor for you. And so when we decided to form a team, you know, Hey, you cut me off the other day and you flipped me the bird. Yeah, I was like, I'm just kidding. But when we got together and forming our team and trying to decide what our name was going to be, of course we're going through, I'm super sarcastic. So I'm trying to think of all these funny catch things. And so yeah. we're like, well, let's just do one home for you. And sure enough, the license plate was available. So it's on my truck and, we have a trailer. I do renovations on rental properties that I own and flip houses and stuff. And I bought a cargo trailer and it's all decked out. And one trailer for you is actually available as well for the license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were going to do one trailer, one farm. Like we were going to just like take it and run. Oh, that's but, great. But yeah, that's it's good how, branding. That's all that came so the spinoff of that, and I'll just tell one funny story. So I've been voted the best realtor in Kerrville through the Daily Times for the last five years. And so... Thank Very you. Nice. Very nice. They just finished voting again, so we'll see what happens this uh, fall. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. Um, but when I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a spinoff of it. I'm going to try to get a cool license plate for it. So what I wanted to write was the N-O, you know, the acronym for number one realtor. So number one realtor. 
But my best friend from college, her husband was like, that looks like no one's realtor. And so I was like, okay, I can't do that. (laughs) And then I went into one one realtor for you. And a lot of people get it, but then you'll be at a stoplight and somebody will be like honking and roll the window down. They're like, we've been following you for 10 minutes. What does your license plate mean? And I tell them and they're like, oh God, it made so much sense. His is easy because home is four letters. And so realtor is obviously abbreviated, but. Yeah, so everybody knows our vehicles in town can't hide. Yeah. Started being that, such a great driver after that. <laughs> Never late to an appointment. That's that invisible that's accountability funny. thing of the small so town we got going on. That's how awesome. how can they call you if they just yeah, want to call you? Oh yeah. So uh, my cell phone is eight three zero three five three seven three zero zero. Joseph's is eight three zero seven three nine nine six. Oh God! Like God, how did I forget that? And I, Lenita, you have to, you're on your own. <laughs> I don't know yours. It's eight three zero seven 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 three nine one one. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Any last thoughts? Any parting thoughts? I do want to say one thing about the team, and I don't yeah. know this has been on my brain since we talked about it. The whole goal is to train people up and then branch out on their own. There, there sure. are benefits for Lenita for being on the team. There's also benefits for us as team leads. But um, the goal when you come in is to mentor yep. and then go out on your own and be, be an individual or form your own team and be just continue to grow. And um, So I, I kind of like that format. I think it's a good. Yeah, good that's a business. that's a big thing with Keller Williams and training and stuff like that is that, you know, they want you to start under a mentorship, but then they want you to eventually grow and grow yourself and whether that's individually or a team. And so that's what I did when I started. And it was the best thing that I could have ever done, not only for the knowledge aspect, but there, you know, when you become a doctor or a surgeon or whatever, you, you have to go under a mentorship, you Mm -hmm. follow somebody, they have to hands on show you what to do for a certain amount of time with your residency. And real estate needs that you should never be thrown to the wolves. You should have somebody mentor you, whether it's us or somebody else, somebody needs to be looking over your contract. Somebody needs to be helping you learn how to show a house because it's not just like what you see on TV. You know, there is a lot of hands-on things and a lot of things that you want. And heck, I mean, there's times where we write a contract and there's something super specific that I'll call my broker Joe and say, Hey, can you review this for me? I just, there's just this one thing on here that I'm not sure if I worded that right in a special provision or something. And so it, it pays to have somebody in your corner. And obviously if we're not available and Lenita needed to call our broker, she obviously could, but we're the typically the first step there for her and for the other two agents on our team, which they, they couldn't be here today, but that's Lance Lidiak. Um, He's a full-time teacher, but he does real estate in his off time. And then we have Garrett Kaiser, who is also a real estate agent here in Kerrville, has been for a few years. And he also um, is a, works for AirTech. Awesome. Okay, guys. Thank you, Joseph, Casey, you. Lania. Thank you guys for being here today. Yeah, Hope you enjoyed your time here. I know yes. it was fun for us. Bye, Hope it was fun thank for you. y'all. Thank you. It was nearly 40 <laughs> minutes. Usually it goes by really fast time flies when you have fun okay guys thank you so much again for for being here and all you guys out there watching uh gilbert and i will be back tomorrow morning to bring you the latest in the financial markets thank you so much for watching don't forget interact with us share our content we're on facebook linkedin and youtube most weekdays the stock market is open and all places podcasts are possible including spotify thank you guys so much see you tomorrow